Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a ministry of Crossview Church with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. It's great to have you here. Open your Bibles to the book of Philippians as we learn more from God's Word, as we discover more and dig dig deeper and deeper into the book of Philippians. I hope and pray that you are uh, inspired and encouraged over the last several weeks that we've been discovering how to not be overwhelmed with life. Uh, How many know we live in a world full of overwhelming circumstances? Anybody raise your hands? We live in a world full of overwhelming circumstances. We we live in a world full of craziness. We live in a world full of chaos. We live in a place that uh, is being pressurized. Uh, It seems like every day you wake up and you listen to the news or you see what happened the next day, it's almost shocking to see the devastation that takes place. But I want to encourage those of you who are in Christ, those of you who are in Christ, those of you who are Christ followers, let me encourage you with something. You do not have to be overwhelmed. You say, well, what do you mean? I feel very overwhelmed. We may feel overwhelmed, but we do not have to be overwhelmed for God's word teaches us how to find peace, how to find tranquility, and how to walk through the greatest circumstance of life and still find rest in him. So as we continue along this series, we've been, uh, we started this about five weeks ago. The notes you have, from what I understand, are the wrong notes, so you can throw those away. They mean nothing to you today. Uh, I think they're next week, so if you want to hold on to them, you're more than welcome to. Uh, don't know what happened, but something got mixed up. I don't believe those are the notes you're supposed to have. Someone came and showed them to me, and they have, it's not at all where I'm going. So you'll get there, and I don't know what he's talking about today. So just focus on me and uh, hear, hear what I'm going to have to say. Um, Today, as, we, as we've been in this series, we've been learning that um, Paul teaches us through Philippians that no matter what your life is like, no matter how bad or how hard it may seem or feel, no matter what is pressing in around you, that God can teach us through his word, through his instruction, how to find contentment and even joy in the middle of very unhappy and I would say unpleasant circumstances. Don't believe me? Here's what we know about Paul as he writes this letter to the church in Philippi, which is the history of this. As he's writing this letter, he is in prison. He is in chains. Um, he's under what we call would call house arrest, but they didn't have the thing, the, the thing, the ankle braces running around your ankle. Instead, they had a chain and a shackle, and they would chain you and shackle you, shackle you up to a guard. And day and night, you constantly had a chain connected to a guard. And every four hours, they changed this guard out. This was part of his existence for almost two years. And it's during this time that Paul is inspired to encourage a church that's going through some very discouraging seasons. 
And he writes this letter and he pins them. And throughout Philippians, it's interesting, in this, in this particular letter, he speaks about how to overcome stress. He speaks about how to deal with people and how to handle people. He had to learn how to handle the guards that were chained to him all day long. Um, he teaches us how to handle stress, how to overcome, uh, how to overcome and reduce conflict in our lives. And we've been discovering over the last several weeks these incredible truths just found here. We're just in the second chapter of Philippians. These incredible truths that Paul speaks into people's lives. Speaks in the church of Philippi and they speak to us today. You know, so many times people ask Pastor Kevin, what do you think about this situation? Or what do you think about this? Or what's your opinion? And one of the biggest ones that, that I have now is, are we living in the end times? Is this, is this the end times? And is this, is, this is, is it going to get worse? Is it going to blah, 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 all this stuff? And, you know, I always say to them this. I say, listen, live in Christ. And as you live in Christ, don't worry about if it's the end times or not. Just be ready to go no matter what time it is. Because I got to tell you, my whole life I've been told we live in the end times. I'm not that old, just so you all know. I'm not that old. But if I've been told my whole life that we're living in the end times, I have to tell you it's closer than what it was. That's what I'll tell you. It's closer than it was when I was born. It's closer than it was a year ago. The coming of Christ is closer than, uh, and Jesus said it's at hand. In fact, we are learning in our, our Chi Alpha group, we're learning about, in, in, in the book of Revelation, where it speaks about, it says that it'll happen before that generation passed. If it didn't happen then, it's even closer than what it ever was. It will happen. I promise you that. He does not lie. Hello? He does not lie, right? Come on now. It will happen. The circumstances that our country is facing right now, the, uh, the pandemic, the, the riots, the... the uh, the, the um, chaos, the unsettledness that's taking place. You can have your opinions. You can have your, your views and things like that. At the end of the day, what matters is what are we doing as a church? Are we praying? Hello. Are we praying for our country? Are we praying for all the protesters, even the ones that throw out the Molotov cocktails and the ones that do the destructive things? Are we praying for them? Are we praying for our world and the pandemic that we're facing and the pandemic that continually goes on? And every day you wake up, you cross our fingers, it's over, but it seems like it's not going away anytime soon. So what do we do? How do we live this life and be joyful in the middle of very unjoyful places, unhappy places? What do we do? What do we do? We pray. We pray for our leaders whether they're Democrat, Republican, or Independent, it does not matter. The Bible says we pray for leadership. It, you can disagree with policies all day long, but you must pray for God to move. And in Philippians, we see all kinds of things. See, understand that so many people in life, they don't enjoy life, they just endure it. God didn't come to bring us a life to endure. God came to bring us a life to enjoy even in the middle of trials, the middle of pressure, the middle of, of struggles, Christ came. What did he say? I came to bring life and bring it to the what? To the fullest, to the maximum, to the overflowing. Jesus came to bring us life overflowing. And yet I see every day discouragement, Christians down, 
Christians with their head hung low. Believers thinking, oh, it's so bad. It's so bad, Pastor Kevin. Jesus got to come soon and rescue me out of this. Jesus doesn't want to rescue you. Jesus wants to give you joy in the middle of the trial. That's good preaching. You may not like it, but that's the truth. And we're going to learn about that today. We're going to learn where Paul speaks to us about these things. There's lots of confusion about what's going down. Some people say, just wait on the Lord. Just wait on the Lord. And that's kind of a passive response. Others say, others say uh, if it's going to get done, it's going to get done by my efforts. And that's kind of more active. But when it comes to spiritual growth and when it comes to walking through trying times, Paul deals with Christian maturity. He talks about what does a Christian, a mature Christian look like? How do they behave? How do they walk? How do they act? How do they live their life? Because we live in a world that honestly, I can't really tell the Christians from the non-Christians anymore. It's hard to see. It's hard to see and distinct the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian because the Christians talk like they do, cuss like they do, swear like they do, behave like they do, do drugs like they do, smoke a little pot, smoke a little marijuana, smoke a little cigarette, do a little vape. Now listen, some of you are going to be like, whoa, wait a minute. He's preaching to me. I don't know where any of you are all at. All I know is the Holy Spirit says we are to come out and be separate from them. We can't, we can't expect our Christian testimony to speak very loudly if we look like everybody else around us. We party like they do. We drink like they do. We act like they do. We can't expect that to happen. You say, wait a minute, Pastor Kevin, where are you getting this? Well, let's read that today. Let's talk about where I get this at. Here we go. Let's read this. Philippians chapter 2. Verse 12 and 13, only two verses today. Here's what it says. It says, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Do we have that? There we are, guys. There we are. Continue to work out your salvation with what? With fear, say it with me, with fear and trembling. For it is God who works what? In you to will and to according to his good purpose. Father, help us today to hear your word. Help us to be open to it. Help us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Not compared to this world, but compared to to your word. God, you have saved us. We're not working for salvation. We're working to act out the salvation you so graciously gave to us. In Jesus' name, amen. It's interesting here that Paul takes a moment in all of his writings that he's writing about, and we've talked about a lot of different subjects and a lot of different topics and, and, and what he's saying in this particular one is he's saying, all right, guys, here's the deal. Christ saved you. You're not saved because of what you do. Okay, I want you all to hear this today. You're not saved by the behavior that you were doing before you were saved. And, and, and he's saying, 
your salvation is not contingent on your pre-saved behavior, but now that you are saved, it's time to act like it. Time to live it out. This is the beauty of what Paul is saying. He's saying, listen, it's not enough just to be saved. You must walk it and live it and let others see it. If they can't tell the difference, how are you living it out? How are you different? Just as when working out, when you go to the gym and you, you work out, I've visited there you know, a couple times, not lately, but when you go there, they have all these specific machines that are specifically designed to work out a specific area of your body. So if you want to tone up your chest, you can do an exercise for that. You want to tone up your abs, you want to tone up your tush, so you've got all these things that you can do to work out and to get toned. Now, listen, you're not buying another body. You're just working out the body you already have. It's there somewhere. Listen, underneath here, I am Arnold Schwarzenegger. Somewhere underneath here, it's here. Everything I need to be Arnold is here. I'm not talking about the Arnold now. I can be the Arnold now. I got him. But the one in, in the day. This, it's all here. It's when we work out, we put into action what's already underneath, and we let others see it from the outside or from the inside out. So how do we work out our salvation with fear and trembling? How do we work out our salvation that we act the way we're supposed to act and live the way we're supposed to live? We have to engage, we have to accept, and we have to move to a greater place. What is God's part in changing my life? What is God's part? What, is God, what does God owe me for changing my life? And what is my part for changing my life? That's the question today. What God's part is, I can't do nothing about, but I can do what my part is. God's part in changing my life is three tools that he gives us. Let's talk about that. Three tools that God gives us in changing our life. First tool is this. He uses the Bible. The Bible is the foundation place that we start. Here's what, here's what the scripture says, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. It says, the whole Bible was given to us for inspiration from God, and it is useful. Here's what it does. It teaches us what is true to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It straightens us out and helps us do what is right. It's God's way of making us well prepared for every point. What is the purpose of God's word? It's to teach us the right and wrong. Hello, are you with me, church? Anybody here today? It is to teach us what's right and what's wrong. It's to help us understand that this is the boundary. Because you live in a culture, there is no absolute right and wrong. Am I, am I right about this? Everything is very neutral, very gray, very blended. There's no absolute truth. There's no absolute truth and there's no absolute right or wrong. It feels right, do it. Vegas has built its whole reputation on it and it's a lie from hell. That is truth. Now, I'm not saying Vegas is hell. I'm saying sometimes you might feel like it if you've ever gone there. I've never gone there, but you might feel that way. It is sin. It points. And God's word says the word of God brings life, change. People say, 
I don't have any faith. I don't, I don't know if I believe that. I don't know if I, I... Well, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It is the Word of God that changes our life. It teaches us the boundaries. It teaches the blueprint. It teaches the roadmap. You don't know if it's right or wrong. What does God's Word says about it? What does God's Word say about it? Don't know where you stand on it? What does God's Word says about it? I find in our world today, unfortunately, the reason why we don't know right or wrong is because we don't read God's Word. We don't plant it in our hearts. The Bible says, I have hidden your Word in my heart that I may not sin against you. So we don't change we do our own thing because we don't know his word like we really, really should. The second tool that God gives us to be able to, to know how to follow him is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, it says in Romans 8, 11, it says, Once the Spirit lives within you, he will bring, your whole, he will bring to your whole being now strength and vitality. The Holy Spirit guides and directs us, lives with us, guides and directs where we go, the water course of our lives. 1 Corinthians 3.18 says, as the Spirit of the Lord works with us, we become more and more like him. Genesis 1.27, it says, God said, let us create man in our own image. We are made in the uh, imagio deo of God, the image of God. We were created in his likeness. And God, therefore, will guide his spirit to lead us where we need to go. Unfortunately, we don't always follow. We don't always listen. We don't even know how to hear. So, therefore, we live our lives opposite of where God wants us. The third thing, he leads us by the word. He leads us by the spirit. And thirdly, he leads us by and he helps correct us through circumstances we face. Romans 8, 28, 29 says, To those who love God are called according to his plan. <laughs> Everything that happens fits into a pattern for good. For God chose us to bear the family likeness of his son. He's saying here, listen, everything that comes into your world, everything that comes into your life, he will use it to do something, to change something, to move you someplace, to direct the water course of your life if you allow him to. There's nothing that God allows to come in your life that he will not squeeze every bit of truth out of it to direct you someplace else. God wants us, his ultimate goal, God's ultimate change in our lives, he wants us to be like Jesus. In order to become like Jesus, we must know his word, we must be directed by his spirit, and we must allow the circumstances we face to direct the course of our lives. Hebrews 5.8 says, Jesus learned obedience through suffering. Hebrews 2.12 says this, Jesus was made perfect through suffering. It's amazing that God would use suffering and use our circumstance in life to direct us, but here's what happens. Until we suffer until we have pain, until we have chaos and drama. Oh, I hate drama, but until we have it, we don't know where to turn. Until we, we really feel pain, do we acknowledge that we need somebody greater because our life is too big to be able to walk through. 
God uses his word. God uses his spirit. God uses his circumstance. Proverbs 20, verse 30 says, sometimes it takes painful situations to make us change our ways. I know, I won't go into details, but personally in my life, some of the things and some of the places where I heard God speak the loudest was at the most painful places of my life. Breakup of a girlfriend, loss of a job, loss of money, uh, relationships broken. It seems like it's in those moments that I hear God the loudest because he's got my attention. So many times he can't get our attention because we're so busy doing it our way. So God's part in changing me is through the Bible, through his spirit, and through circumstances. What is our part? Let's talk about what is our part. What do we need to do in order to change our lives and where we go? The first thought I have this. I can choose about, I can choose what I think about. I can choose what I think about. Proverbs 4.23, be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. It's a great quote. You aren't what you think you are, but, you, but what you think you are. I'm going to say that again and let some of that sink, sink into you. You aren't what you think you are, but what you think you are. How we think determines who we are. If you always look in the mirror and say, I'm ugly, I'm ugly, I'm ugly, you to yourself, what you think you are. That's what you are. But you must understand that you have to change your thinking, right? You have to change how you think about yourself. Ephesians 4, 23 through 25 says, your mind must be renewed by the spiritual revolution so that you can put on the new self that has been created God's way. You have been changed if you've been changed, then whenever you think about yourself, you have to think about yourself in the way God thinks about you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You were created in the image. Imagio Deo, the image of God. You were created in who he is, the spirit of God. Romans 12, 2, be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Feel depressed, feel discouraged. As you think, you go. I've had people tell me all the time, how do I get out of my depression? How do I get out of my discouragement? How do I get out? And I tell them, the word of God, what does the word say about you? The Holy Spirit, when he speaks, you listen. And the circumstance you're facing Ask God to reveal to you what he's trying to teach you through those circumstances. I have young girls all the time just trying to find their image in life, trying to find out who they are in life, and they feel discouraged about themselves. They feel, they feel upset about who they are, and they don't like who they are. They look in the mirror, they don't like who they are. And here's what I tell them all the time. You need to close your eyes. You need to look into the mirror of the Spirit and what God sees you as. You may be here, but that's not who God sees you ass on autopilot in a plane when you put that on autopilot and you're headed west you're traveling that plane's traveling on autopilot at west and you want to change the course of that plane and you want to do a 180 degrees turn 
You can get on that thing and you can take that stick and you can flip it and you can turn it. Every time you turn it, it's going to veer right back around and it's going to go straight where it's going. The only way to change the course is you have to turn the autopilot off and you have to flip the plane around to go the opposite direction. And some of you, that's your thought life. You're on autopilot in this direction. You're trying to make changes. The only way you can do it, you have to flip off the negative thoughts, flip off the things that, that speak into your life. Get away from the people that are speaking negative in you and find people that speak life into you and watch the course of your life change. Here's what a few verses say. Here's what it says. Psalm 1, 1 through 3 says, Blesses the man and woman who meditates on God's word. When we meditate on the word of God, our minds are changed. Philippians 4, 8 says, think on these things. What things? The good things, the positive things, the things that build us up. Colossians 3, 6, let the word of God dwell in you richly. Psalm 1, 19 says, thy word I have hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Joshua 1, 8 says, the secret of success is meditate on God's word day and night. Day and night, you'll be successful when you put God's word center of your life. Second thought I have for you is this. Not only will we depend on God's word and, and, and choose what we think about, but number two, I can choose to depend on God's spirit moment by moment. Jesus did this every day. Jesus, who was the son of God, he was constantly consulting the spirit of God about his life. They were always finding Jesus running away to go pray. Constantly saying, where's he at? Oh, he's up there praying again. Why? He was depending on the spirit of God to guide his life. The last night, that his final night, that he was with us on the, on the earth, he was praying in the garden, and it said he was in such agony, he was in such travail that he was praying to the beads of sweat came out like drops of blood because he was such an agony. He wasn't praying for God. He did say, if it's possible, take this cup from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. I need your spirit to walk through this time. A leaf does not grow without a branch. A branch does not develop without the main trunk. The trunk does have, has no uh, nutrients, nothing coming to it without the roots. We cannot do life without the Spirit. And so many times I see Christians trying to do a leafy life away from the branch, away from the trunk, and away from the roots. Apart from Him, we can do nothing. Plug in. Plug into God. Pray. Ask God to seek you. You got a problem with your kids? You got a problem with your children? First thing you do is you turn to the one who understands your child better than you do, and you ask him to guide your steps about what to do. You don't, you know, you know I know the, it, it's easy to ground them. It's easy to take stuff away. It's easy to, to you know, hopefully not beat them, but that sometimes comes in the plan. It sometimes is there. You know, spare the rod, spoil the child, not beat them, but spank them. Okay, say it right. The PC police called on me if I don't say it right. You spank them, you discipline them. You know, swat them. Hey, it worked for me. My dad, I'd hear him take his belt off and hit every loop on the way out. Pop, 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 pop. That's coming my way. All right, here it comes. You have a problem with your marriage, you pray. 
You have a problem with your job, you pray. You have a problem in life, you pray. In all these things, we seek his spirit about what to do. You have a problem in a relationship with a friend, you pray. You ask God how to deal with it. And then you, you just don't pray. Then you shut up and you listen. Listen. So many times I kind of see, see it as, you know, God is up there, and we're telling God all our problems, and we're asking for, oh, God, help me this, help me that, help me this. And we hear God say, okay, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to the store. Boom, we're gone. We don't even hear the rest of it. We're like gone. It's done. That's all I need. I got it. All right, got it, God. I got it. Because we're so anxious to think we got to help God. We need to slow things down. We need to pray. And we say, okay, God, here's my story. And we need to stop, and we need to listen, and we need to listen to his spirit guide our steps. We're going to let his word speak into us. We're going to let his spirit speak into us. Number three, we're going to choose how we respond to the circumstances of our life. We're going to choose how we respond to the circumstances that are facing us. James 1, 2, and 4 says this. When all kinds of trials crowd into your lives, don't resent them. Is that scripture there, guys? Yeah. When all kinds of trials crowd into your life, don't, say it with me, don't resent them. Just hear that today. When the problems come our way, when the troubles with our kids come our way, whenever we're facing heartache and pain, don't resent them as intruders, but welcome them as friends. Okay, just stop it for a minute. Just stop it. That is, that's crazy, isn't it? That does not make, we're supposed to welcome those those things that come in and cause pain in our lives and hurt, we're supposed to welcome them as friends? What is Paul thinking here? He says, realize that they come to test your faith and they produce in you quality of endurance. So the next time something comes in, you don't easily surrender. You don't easily bow down. You choose how you respond to your circumstance. You live by the Spirit. I remember in school, I was in track and field. Now, I know what you're all saying. You're like, what? Okay, I was in shot putting disc. I don't know if that's track and field, but that's what I did because I, I, I was a beefier guy and I, uh, I, I could throw it far. And I remember one track event we went to. They, uh, they were short. A race. It was a relay. It was the four by 100. Now, if you all know what that is, that's just like down the lane or around the bend. That's all it is. You hand it off at the, before going around the bend, you hand it off before coming down the lane. That's all it was. And all they had left to compete were the shot put and discers. Okay? It was the Fat Man 400. That's what we call it. Fat Man 4. And they called us up. And they said, Hardcastle, you've got to run 100. I'm like, what? I throw the shot putting disc. I've never trained for running a day in my life. They're like, you got to run it. I was like, okay, how hard can it be? It's straight down the shot. It's right there. Piece of cake. So we had to practice handing off the batons. Yeah. All right, all right. Well, we were horrible at that. I mean, we're just a bunch of fat boys, never trained to do this kind of stuff at all. So they get up, and man, I'm third guy in the heat. I'm the third guy. I'm the third person, which I'm like, hey, by then, you know, we should have such a lead. We'll be totally fine. 
And we were going against not fat people. We're going just skinny trained people. So we knew we're like, okay, this is just a fill time. But anyway, so the gun goes off and I see the first guy and I'm over here. I'm like this. I see him run down that lane over there. And I'm like, my heart's pounding fast, you know. And then the guy gets in, he goes around the curb and I'm, I'm looking at him like, all right, here it comes, here it comes. And I'm all ready to go. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they hand the baton off, and I successfully, I mean, the first thing is getting that baton, you know, successfully get the baton, and I take off. And, man, I think I take off at mock speed. <laughs> and I'm pumping my legs, and I'm running as hard as I can. And I look, and at the corner of my eyes and my peripherals, it's like everything is standing still. It's like nothing's moving. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm pumping as hard as I can. And, and I get to the very end. And I barely get that baton, and it felt like something shot me in the butt, and I collapsed on the side. And I laid there, and I was going, and there's like dots everywhere, and I'm breathing heavy. And, and I'm just like, that's the most horrible experience I've ever had in my life. And the reason why it was so bad is because I never trained for it. I couldn't endure it. I had zero endurance. That wasn't, that wasn't part of my train. That wasn't part of my time. But now just listen to this as I correlate this and relate this to a spiritual walk. Unless we go through hard circumstance, how will we ever endure when hard circumstance come? We get trained through the hard places of life. When I watch and I look at our older generation, Pastor Terry, our old generation, old. Don't feel sorry for him. He'd be up here saying it about me. It's okay. When I look at Pastor Terry, when I look at the generation before me, when I look at the great generation, I see when they come through what they've come through, I look at them and I go, how did they make it? How did they, how did they survive? How did they go through uh, the, the wars that we have seen, the Civil War? How did they make it through the Civil War? How did that happen? It's amazing to me. How was George Washington? I can't hear you. You got your mask on, so just calm down. Don't pull it down. That's dangerous. Put it back up. I don't need to hear you. Put it back up. <laughs> I like this mask thing. That's pretty good. But I look, at, I look at people who have survived, and I, I'll say this in all joking aside. I've watched Pastor Terry. I've watched his faith. I've watched him come through physical circumstances, multiple heart attacks. And I've watched him and whenever I've gone into the emergency room. And I walk in to pray with him. He's already praying to God. While he's there, going through the pain he's going through, I know this for a fact because I was there. I walk in and I go to say a prayer and I hear under his voice, dear Jesus, you're with me. You're with me. You got me. I know you got me. I trust you. I believe in you. He's just praying. You know why? Because this man's learned how to endure through circumstances that haven't always been pleasing or pleasant. This COVID we face, scary. We will endure. We will come through. We will come out to another day that's bright. We will live again. We will thrive again. We will be 
who God wants us to be because why? Can you put that scripture back up, guys? Why? Because the things that we're going through, they're not intruders. They're our friends. And as they're our friends, we learn how to endure. We learn to, we realize that they test our faith and they produce in us a quality and endurance. And we endure and we press on and we see brighter days ahead. Why? Because greater is the one who lives in me than the one who lives in the world. I don't have to fear tomorrow, for I know who holds tomorrow in his hands. Go ahead and give him a round of applause, because he deserves it. Romans 5, 3 says, we can be full of joy here and now. Even in our trials and troubles, these very things, the trials and troubles, will give us patient endurance that develops our faith to maturity. Bow your heads with me this morning. Father, help us today. Help us today to understand that, Lord, if we build our lives on anything else, if we build our lives on anything else besides you, God, we've missed it. We're going to endure life because your spirit dwells within us. We're going to be different because your spirit dwells in us, because your word speaks life. We build our hope on nothing else besides Jesus and his presence. So Lord, build us into you, to your beauty to help us endure trials of life. You've been listening to a ministry of Crossview Church in Keokuk, Iowa with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. For more information about service times and activities, visit our website, crossviewkeokuk.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.